Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hi everyone, this is Ray McKinley. Welcome to our podcast, Ride the Elephant Today. It's great to have you again, and it's great to have my guest, Brian McKinley, my son. Uh, Brian and I have been on a roll here. We've been talking about motivation versus inspiration, what inspires us and what motivates us. As we've been looking at that, Brian, we started with talking about how many of us are motivated by the approval that we get from others in our life, we, the approval of our parents, teachers, each other. And that's very important to us to get the approval and so much so that we look for and seek the acknowledgement of that approval in the form of praise and recognition. And when we hear someone say, I'm proud of you, we just puff up and think, oh, this is wonderful. That person's proud of me. However, there is a consequence to that behavior. And we've been talking about the last couple of weeks versus having total unconditional acceptance and having affirming relationships versus praising relationships. So, Brian, as we start on this conversation today, I want to go into the difference between self-image and self-esteem. And what I would say to you and the audience is our need for approval, our need for praise leads to us having a high self-image of ourself. And a place where you have total unconditional acceptance and love and you have affirming relationships it leads to a place of high self-esteem. So we're talking about the self-image versus self-esteem. Are you ready to talk about it? And what's your first question? I am unclear about what those mean. What's the difference? I mean, if I have a good image of myself, that seems like it's good to have a good image of yourself. And All I don't right. know, self-esteem is a little confusing because I know I've heard that term before. What's the difference between self-image and self-esteem? All right. This is what I would say it is. Self-image is how I want others to see me. It is what I try to project. So when I try to project a certain image of myself, I dress a certain way. I groom a certain way. I might try to act like a certain way, like I have a certain type of personality. I might use language or a lexicon of words that I think was going to make me look cool or look good in the eyes of other people. That's my image. So I'm trying to create something. Self-image is like being a movie director and projecting something up on the screen. And you're trying to project an image of yourself to other people. This is who I am. And that's self-image. It's your stuff. It's the things you have. It's your car, it's your boat, it's your jet ski. It's your zip code. I'm identified by where I live. I live in a, a very upgrade community, and I intend to live there. So people think of me as, wow, he lives there. So it's what we're trying to present to people. It could be my education. A lot of times people see their college as, when I tell you where I went to college, you'll think better of me. If I went to Michigan, then I'm better than another school. Oh, or I went to an Ivy League school. People use that as a way of projecting their image. It's their titles. It's your achievements. It's all those placards on the wall. It's all the accolades you've received. It's all the trophies. It's your image. Wow, someone with that many trophies must be really something. 
And as we become parents, we use our kids' achievement as a way of our self-image. We identify ourselves by, I'm a proud parent of an Emerson Elementary School student. We identify our achievement as a way of our self-image. And really, the bottom line of that, Brian, is we're really trying to match what other people think we should be doing and who we should be being. We're really trying to conform to their beliefs, values, and principles so we get approved of. That's our self-image. Now you say, okay, what's self-esteem? Isn't it the same thing? No. Esteem by itself is respect and admiration. So self-esteem is the level of respect I have for myself. It's respect for who you are, not who you're trying to be. It's your being content. It's being comfortable in your own skin. It's who you really are deep down, not who you're trying to be. It's having confidence in your abilities and your limitations. It's living out your own personal core values and beliefs and not just going along with everybody else's. So there's a huge difference between the two. How do you feel about that? Wow, that's very interesting. That's a cool distinction that you're making there between the two. The one is like self-image is material and status, and the self-esteem is you use the term self-actualization, which to me is kind of a person achieving their goals. And it's interesting how to a lot of us, it seems like achieving your goals is getting the stuff that you picture in your self-image material status view. If you have an image of what you want in your life and in your view, and you then are setting goals and determined to get there, that's great. That's fine. But why did you do it? To fill your vessel? Or did you do it to, to get recognized by other people and right. be seen so by other people? Your question at the beginning, which yeah. was, does approval and praise lead to self-image? Which, well, if self-image is, I have this ideal version of myself. I want people to see me as this because I know they will approve of me. Then, yeah, totally. The approval, praise, self-image, domino effect makes sense because it's all about impressing other people, making other people proud of you, making other people approve of you, getting their praise and their accolades. You said trophies on the wall. Like I'm imagining, you know, being in someone's office with framed diplomas and other things. Those are just certifications of you being approved of by people. And the self-esteem is much more complicated. I wonder, is self-esteem, if you're seeking that, is it really esteem building? Well, if you're seeking it, what are you seeking? That's a great question. Are you seeking approval? Or are you seeking opportunities that can help you grow? I guess what I'm asking is, is pursuing esteem and pursuing self-esteem, in other words, is getting other people to like you, to get the esteem of others, how is that different than seeking self-esteem? Well, I think when I hold a person in high esteem, I hold my dad in high esteem. I hold Bill McGrain in high esteem. I hold people in my life that have had an effect and a positive influence on me. I hold them in high esteem, which means I respect them. I honor them. I almost have a reverence for them and their concepts that they were able to convey to me. That doesn't make anybody perfect. I'm not saying that I'm picking people who are perfect. I'm picking people that had influence. 
and effect. And I hold them in high esteem. I honor them. So self-esteem is a similar thing, but it has to do with you. It's a level of respect you have for yourself. Now, you can have other people hold you in high esteem, and it could be a goal of yours to get other people to hold you in high esteem. One of my goals is I want my patients to hold me in high esteem. So I do things that I think would cause them to hold me in high esteem. One of the things I don't do is put all my placards on the wall. If you go into my office, go into the front reception area of my office, you go into my private office, you don't see all the courses I've ever taken, all the awards I've always received, that I was the president of this and the president of that. All of that, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, that isn't important for me to present that to people. What's important to me is that through what I've done, people respect me. And that I want that esteem. That's different than that I'm trying to present myself as a person I'm really not. I'm trying to present my image. I'll dress to not be offensive to other people because I have an esteem for them. But I will not purposely have a lexicon or talk a certain way or have a personality that I start winning other people's approval. It's different. Approval is not esteem. Does that make sense? Yes. So... Self-esteem is where you respect yourself and you think highly of yourself. Is that what you're saying? It doesn't necessarily matter the approval level of others, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, You hold yourself to your own standard, and you are content with your own efforts and your own abilities, and you're doing what you do for reasons that you own and you're also making choices based on hey i i love myself i care about myself i'm not gonna put myself yeah in a, yeah. yeah and i think what you said is a perfect example let's tie it into some of the things we've been talking about the last couple of weeks we talked about total unconditional acceptance we talked about acceptance of others that's really the context we've been talking about However, now that we look at self-esteem as being the third dichotomy in this continuum that we're developing, it's really total unconditional acceptance of yourself. In other words, not beating yourself up, saying you're doing the best you can with the prevailing awareness you have at this time in your life. I accept myself for my good qualities and I accept my bad qualities. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to take risks. And that's how I learn and I'll get better. And I think one of the things that we have as we have high esteem is, is it isn't that we feel, well, I've arrived. I have high self-esteem, so I'm better than anybody else. No, I think people with high self-esteem have a very realistic look at themselves, where they're strong and where they're weak. And because of that, they also have a desire to continue to be better in their own way. And they make that decision. So they might have a core belief or a core value of wanting to achieve something or want to get to a place. They'll start setting down precepts that would cause them to be better at that. They might say, you know, I will smile more in a public place. I want to be recognized or more liked. I want to have more interaction in an event. I will spend time talking to people or listening to people. I'll spend time asking questions instead of talking. Instead of eating and drinking at this get-together, I'm going to start congregating with other people. I am going to connect myself with like-minded people and like-minded conversations. See, I'm putting now an intention on improving my own skill 
and my own abilities to be better at something than I was before. I always use my practice as an example. I always try to do better each day I go in. And when I can be affirming to other people and I can say wonderful things to my staff and wonderful things to a patient that I maybe didn't say a few weeks ago or a couple of years ago, and I find myself saying them now, I'm saying, yeah, that's an esteem building experience for me. I now feel I have more respect for myself that I was able to do that. I didn't need to have anybody tell me, wow, you really changed. You did this, you did this, you're so different. You know, good job, Pat. I'm so proud of you the way you did that. No, I feel good about it because now I have more respect for myself that I was able to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it also seems like inspired. Everything that you're talking about comes from a place of personal ownership from being self-motivated, it comes from your own choices as opposed to being materially motivated, you know? Mm -hmm. Your level of attention is placed on personal growth and personal connection instead of paying attention to or being distracted by, you know, I want this, I want that, and this kind of image. It's the images. You have these images in your head of what you should be or what you ought to be or what you need to be for your dad to be proud of you, or what you need to to do to please your spouse. It's more about what, what you aspire to do based on your own core beliefs, values, and principles. If you don't respect yourself, then what you do is you end up trying to pretend to be somebody different to all your friends. That's when you start pulling out your self-image. That's why, you know, I'm not good enough right now just in my own being here that I got to start doing all this stuff to be good enough. Well, who said? Why are you making that decision? Now you're being motivated by other people. Now you're being others direct instead of self-directed. So self-direction begins with having a high self-esteem, not a high self-image. A high self-image makes you a doer and a pleaser and wanting to do what everyone else wants. And then everyone will pat you on the back with accolades and give you praise. Wonderful. Is that the life you want? I mean, that's fine. However, there's a point where you say at 40 or 50, This is pretty empty here. So what else can I do? And self-esteem is different. It's creating those esteem-building experiences. As we move into this, Brian, I want to make sure that we talk about how do we elevate the self-esteem of our children, number one? How do we elevate self-esteem at work, in our workplace, and where we associate with other people in the community, and how we elevate our self-esteem in ourselves? And I think it begins first With having total unconditional acceptance for your children, loving them just the way they are, that doesn't mean that you don't teach them or you let them just go off and willy-yonder and just let them be what they want. No, you hold them accountable. And that's where we need to start purposely, with intention, affirming our children for their being, not their doing, who they are being as a person. We need to affirm them for their effort, the effort they're making, even though in success and failure, We want to acknowledge them for their effort by using key words like diligence and determination and attentiveness and caring and compassion. I like to say when we can take five or six words, character qualities, you pick the qualities, whatever one you want, and you say, I'm going to purposeful intention on catching my children in behavior in situations where I can affirm them for a specific character quality, focusing on their being and on their effort. It's that simple. Okay. I'm kind of laughing here because I just have to interject. 
because I'm actually thinking, it sounds to me like you're saying that any opportunity to praise is an opportunity to affirm. Absolutely. So any parent knows, especially when your child is young, when you're all together, they're almost constantly petitioning you for praise. Oh, yeah. Dad, look at my score. Look at what's going on in my video game. My kids like to build. They'll come and get me. Dad, Dad, come look at this Lego build. And it's so easy to just be like, wow, great job. And I mean, when they're little, little, we put them on the ground for tummy time and they roll over and we go, wow, amazing. They get a full standing ovation. And then that starts to kind of change and it's just, wow, great job. So how do you, in a situation like that, which there's going to be an abundance of opportunities, if you have kids, they're going to be petitioning you for praise all the time. How do you switch gears when your kid is petitioning you for praise and get into affirmation mode in that moment? Like, let's say I come out and my boys are showing me a fort that they built together. What do I do? First thing I think of right now would be, how can I create an esteem building experience for them? In other words, I'm giving them praise because now this is about me approving them. How can I now get them to see what they've accomplished as something intrinsic? They did do something creative. That needs to be acknowledged. So I am going to find out something and say something that builds their esteem. And one of them might be, wow, tell me more about why you did it that way. Have them explain it to you. Instead of you telling them how proud you are of them, have them tell you how they feel about it. So the first thing I do is I want to make sure I'm asking them how they feel about it. I can see the smile on their face. I can see them seeking the praise of their parent by saying, dad, 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 look at this. Okay, here it is. They're seeking it. They're wanting it. So now you got to just say, okay, I'm not going to give that to them. I might give it to them a little bit. However, I got to say, that's awesome. (laughs) Tell me what you did. What was going on in your mind that caused you to do that? Well, dad, I just thought this and I thought it. Tell me why you thought that. And now, what would you do next? What did you learn in the process of that experience you just went through? When you can have a child identify what they've learned in an achievement they had or something they're wanting praise for, and you get them to start saying, okay, I don't need the praise. I want them to talk about what they learned. You've really elevated them to critically think this through instead of just having the end all be, dad, are you proud of me? Right. It's important that we look to how we can create an esteem building experience. And then as they get a little older, and if they fail, affirm them for their effort. You know, it's important to affirm more for the effort than what they accomplished. Boy, you know, I saw you, you know, kid finishes the game and scores seven points in the basketball game and hits two key three throws. Say, I'm so proud of you. You won the game with those free throws. What a missed opportunity. No, it's like, wow, you know, now I understand why you've been outside shooting baskets from the free throw line all the time, because you really got better and better by doing that. Huh. See, that's a whole different thing. Now yeah. he's explaining to you about his success. When you go in and praise him and you go in and make it about you and about what you say, you're robbing him of his esteem. You know, I talk about having an esteem building experience. So those are some other things we can do as parents is don't make it about us, make it about them. Because when you make it about you, you're robbing them of their esteem building opportunity. 
Why yeah, do that? Yeah, that goes back even to our presumption conversation. It's like the parent is presuming that that's what the child needs is for them to be proud of them or that yeah. have approval instead of, you know, I thought it was interesting that your approach was with curiosity or to ask, why'd you do it this way? Or instead of just presuming, oh, you just need my approval. Here's some approval for yeah. you. Yeah. It's like tossing crumbs at him. Here's a little bit of approval. Nice job. But it get really yeah. involved and relational right. is to not presume. Let's not throw crumbs at him. Let's take him to McDonald's. You played so I'm so proud of you. We're going to go get some ice cream. What's that? Right, about? right. Which is all well and good, but you're saying that while you're there, have a while you're eating while you're eating the ice cream, have a conversation about what they felt about it. Yeah. That's the part that's missing. And that's an team building experience. You have taken that experience that that child went through and made it an esteem building experience. A lot of times they'll talk about it with excitement and be so excited about that they were able to achieve it, that they overcame all the obstacles. So give them a chance to explain all the obstacles they had to overcome. Honor that, respect that, make them feel good about themselves that they were able to overcome these difficulties that they had to get through to get to where they had this achievement and this feel good. Because the achievement was for them, not for you. Yeah. One of the things that I found myself in my office, I was a very others-directed office. The office was really not self-directed, I guess is the thing I'm saying. Everyone was looking for my approval, looking for my evaluation, always coming to me and asking me what I thought. You know, an employee would come to me and say, Doc, you know, it's a year review. Tell me what you think about how I've been doing. And I would look at her and I, and I would say, well, let's start this a little differently. Why don't you tell me how you think you've been doing? And they kind of stumble and they say, well, wait a minute. I'm not so sure what that means. I, I thought I was here to have you tell me how I've been doing. That's what <laughs> a performance review is. Yeah. And I said, no, I want to know how you think you're doing. In fact, yeah, your goal a year ago, you set down three or four goals. You remember what those three or four goals were? Yeah. Okay. Tell me what those goals were and tell me how well you've been doing those. What has worked? What success have you had? What failures have you had? How could I help you be better at that the next year? So, I'm giving them an opportunity to own what they're doing and have esteem building experiences instead of me telling them what they have to do to earn my approval. See, I want them to have clarity for why they're there. So when they leave at the end of the day, instead of looking for my accolades and my pat on the back and my praise, I want them to say, the reason I was here today and what I achieved today is I made for a better experience for Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones had a great experience today because of me in this building today. How do you feel about yeah. that? Well, that is interesting how the employee, the staff member, the energy output that they have, in other words, what they bring to the table changes when they make that shift. I thought it was interesting how, you know, you're no longer giving your energy as a leader to affirm or to praise, to pat on the back. They're no longer needing to meet your expectations because they are occupied fully by being a king or queen of their kingdom and living up to their own expectations and showing care and concern for the patient or the client or whomever. And it's like praising somebody or giving them your approval is like giving a man a fish and giving someone an esteem-building experience where you have an opportunity to talk about their character qualities 
affirming them is teaching them to fish. Yes, because that is more filling of their vessel. It's filling their heart. It's filling their soul. It's having those experiences inside so they have a higher level of respect for themselves. When other people are pointing out qualities that they see in you, and they're telling you specific examples of how those qualities have played out in you, it is uplifting to that person as it's uplifting to your kids when you do that, when your kids start growing. It's uplifting when you do that with your people that you work with. My goal is to create esteem building experiences for my patients. So I use character qualities that I identify in them and talk about that, you know, and congratulate them for the decision it took. I remember back two years ago when you were facing this decision. And you were uncertain about if you're willing to make the investment in this process. I just want to affirm you for your decision to do that. That took a lot of courage. It took a lot of trust. You had to overcome a lot of questions. You had a lot of bad experiences. So now it had to be willingness to take the risk again. And you did. And look at what you have as a result of that. That's because of you. Because they'll say to me, thank you, doc, for fixing me. No. Okay. I say, you're welcome. However, I want them to get that it was their decision, it was their character qualities that caused this train to start down this track in the first place. And that's huge. And then when they get to their end in mind, because I always ask people, what's your end in mind for us today? Where do you want to be? And I want to hear it from them. I want them to say what we're going to do, because it's important for them to repeat it, as important it is for me to hear it. And those are esteem-building experiences when you give an opportunity for a person to express their want, they express their will, they express their desire, they express their intent. And that's esteem-building right there in itself. Hey, you ready to talk about some esteem-building experiences that you can create for yourself? You know, it's okay, we're talking about how to feed our children with esteem-building experiences and how to do it in the workplace. Are you ready to talk about how someone builds their own self-esteem? Yeah. Yeah, what is it when we have low respect for ourselves and we try to do everything for our self-image, we try to do everything that everyone wants us to do, and we want to earn people's approval, and it's all about our doing instead of our being. How are we going to break that pattern and have it be more about what can we do to have a better feeling for ourselves, more self-respect, and more of the outcome that we want to have in our life? other than meeting the approval of others. And I think the first part of this, Brian, we've talked about this before, you gotta accept yourself just the way you are. And that doesn't mean that you're perfect the way you are. In fact, some people say, well, you can't accept yourself unless you're solid and whole and you're all good. No, acceptance is not approval, (laughs) okay? You may not approve of your behavior sometimes, and you may not be happy with who you are and where you're at right now in your life. However, accepting yourself totally unconditionally where you are right now is key. And in that process of accepting yourself, don't blind yourself to some issues that you know you need to address and you know you want to put an intention to. And it's important once you accept yourself just the way you are, you can then begin to have an honest conversation with yourself and set a goal or a pattern of moving forward step by step. And I think one of those things we can do is set goals for ourselves, set objectives, set an intention. What I like to do is maybe create precepts, start writing down some I will statements. I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, and I will do this. All with the idea that if I put focused attention on that, I'll eventually become that. What we continually talk about and we continually say to ourselves, we eventually do. 
And I think that's important that we just keep having that conversation. And I think the other thing that we can do is emulate other people that we would like to aspire to. That's not being envious of other people. No, that's seeing other people that you have a high esteem for. Now you can say what it takes to have self-esteem because now you're recognizing in the other person why you have esteem for them. And they say, how do I create that in my life? How did they create it in their life? What character qualities did they exhibit that causes them to have this esteem that I'm feeling for them? And I see a lot of other people are feeling for them, but I want to emulate that. Not to beat myself up that I'll never achieve it. Say, I wonder how many years it took them to get to this level of esteem. Maybe I can ask them. And I said to my dad one time, and I was 26 years old, and went to my first dental association meeting, Macomb County Dental Association meeting, and I asked my dad to go with me. Why would you not? Your dad's a dentist. He's respected in the community. And I thought, this would give me an in. Everyone will like me just because I'm connected to my dad. So we go to the meeting, and I'm there, and people weren't paying attention to me at all, but they were paying attention to my dad. And I observed that, and I watched my dad garner so much respect, and people had so much esteem for him. Dad didn't regularly go to meetings at that point in his life, but I recognized that there was four and five people standing in line waiting to talk to my dad. And I looked behind me, and there was no one in line to speak to me but there was four or five people in line to speak to my dad. And I recognized what that was. It was the level of esteem that they had for my dad. And I thought, wow. So this night went on and I get in the car with my dad. We drive home and I said, dad, I have a question for you. How did you create that kind of respect from those dentists in that room? It was like when you walked in, they immediately wanted to talk to you. And they immediately wanted to say things to you. And just have a few minutes with you. And he says, you know, Ray, you know what? When you hit 65, it'll all come to you. You'll figure it out. It'll happen. And I thought, you son of a gun, you aren't going to tell me. <laughs> and I, I really got a kick out of that, that it wasn't something that I could just get quickly by an answer that he gave me. Huh. It was a process that I needed to go through. He says, Ray, I've had 40-year head start on you. So I thought that was a very interesting answer. So you just don't give up. You make a goal, you set an intention on it, and you connect yourself with great mentors as well. So we have three ways to do it. The other thing you want to do with yourself before we have to go here in a second, Brian, is we need to critically think through our core beliefs, values, and principles. We just don't buy into what everyone else is. We have to critically think what other people are believing. We have to decide for ourselves if that fits for us or doesn't fit for us and really live out our core beliefs, live out our core principles. We also need to connect ourselves with great mentors, selecting people who will lift you up, hold you in esteem, teach you, help you with your failures, and help you with being the person you want to be. Brian, we just have a minute to go. Do you have anything that you want to add to this before we close? This is really a very powerful piece here. It's kind of hard to imagine practicing it, it's hard to practice in reality, but it is hugely important to just changing yourself and the way that you see yourself. It's almost like a magical thing. It has effects that you don't know until later on down the line. Yeah. Brian, you know, there's a lot to unpackage here. We've unpackaged a lot and a lot to think about. As we come to a close, I just want to thank you for being here. You're very insightful and very interesting to talk to. 
and talk Thanks. with. You bring a lot of value to people. At this point, we're going to sign off and say thanks for joining us. Ride the elephant today and join us next week for another exciting podcast with Brian and Ray McKinley. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week. Thank you.